Another episode of the Unpopular Podcast. This is the man, the myth, the legend, Jalen Hunter. And if you would do me a favor, please subscribe to the YouTube channel. I'm trying to reach a thousand subscribers, so please subscribe. But here's where we'll start. So I've been doing a breakdown of all the divisions before the season starts. We're pretty much about three and a half uh, weeks away until the regular season starts. And I just got finished with the AFC. So go watch my previous, what, four episodes if you want to go figure out how I feel about the AFC. So this week, or this episode, I guess you can say, I'm starting with the NFC. And I think I should start with the NFC South because when you really look at the NFC South, it is, uh, it's kind of, it's, it's, it's like the, the, <laughs> it's like the, the division that was, you know what I mean? Like outside of, outside of Tampa Bay, and we'll talk about them in a second, this is it's crazy where this division was. Just look, just think five, five or six years ago, man. You had uh, the Saints, had one of the best teams, of course, one of the best quarterbacks of all time, which is Drew Brees, one of the most accurate quarterbacks, if not the most accurate quarterback of all time, breaking all the records for the Saints. The Saints were always Super Bowl contenders. Uh, you go to the Carolina Panthers, you being led by Cam Newton. Of course, they went 15-1, went all the way to the Super Bowl, had an incredible, incredible defense uh, with Luke Keekley, uh Davis. Uh, it, it was it, – you had Atlanta Falcons just, what, a year or two after that. They make it to the Super Bowl. You have Matt Ryan, Julio Jones. Like, it's crazy when you look at the NFC South. Hell, even – even let's talk about Tampa Bay for a second, bro. Like even a couple years ago, yes, Jameis was throwing a thousand and one touchdowns, but he was also throwing a thousand and one picks. Uh, it was the franchise that just can't get right. You know what I mean? Like this this division is just so crazy when you think about it, and it's crazy because of where it comes from to where it is now. And let's 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 start with the let's start with the with the New Orleans Saints. Cuz the New Orleans Saints in my opinion have the biggest question mark. And I say the biggest question mark because we're so used to one thing with the Saints. Now, for people that don't remember before uh people that don't remember the Saints before Drew Brees, the Saints were god awful. The Saints were one of the worst franchises in sports history. Uh before Drew Brees got there. And then when Drew Brees got there, and of course, as he, you know, as he aged in the league and as he got better and better, they became one of the premier franchises in the NFL. Hell, he got he led them to a Super Bowl. You know, him, Mark uh, Colston. It, it was it was it was, you know, it. of course, after Tr Katrina and and uh, the city needed something to pretty much cling on to. And of course, they had Drew and, and the Saints. And I say the Saints probably the biggest question mark because, as we know, Drew Brees retired um, last season. And this will be the first season since Drew Brees has been there that we're going to – it's going to be another quarterback that pretty much is at the helm for this team. Now, of course, there have been times where there has been another quarterback, but that's either due to Drew Brees getting hurt or, or Drew Brees getting hurt. 
Because Drew Brees wasn't like that to miss time unless he was injured. So this will be the first time. And then, of course, we don't know who it's going to be. It's either going to be Taysom Hill or it's going to be Jameis Winston. Let me first say this. I understand the love that Sean Payton, who was the coach, I understand the love that he has for Taysom Hill. I mean, you draft him. Taysom Hill is an incredible athlete. Taysom Hill. Let me let me let me first let me first give credit to Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill is an incredible athlete. You can line him up. Uh, he can run some some running back packages. He can run some tight end packages. He can run some receiver packages. He he's good. Like. He's a, he's a good as a wildcat. Like Tyson Hill is an incredible athlete. I will never take that away from Tyson Hill. Tyson Hill, if you, he's like a jack of all trades. You know what he is? He's like what what Tim Tebow thought he would be. And I, I, yes, that's a shot at Tim Tebow. But Tyson Hill is who Tim Tebow thought he was going to be. Tyson Hill was just incredible at being an athlete. Now, with that being said, is Tyson Hill a quarterback? Not really. He can throw the ball. He has a strong arm, but he's not really a quarterback. So the fact that there is a quarterback battle uh, in in New Orleans is is crazy to me. Well, it's not crazy, but it's crazy at the same time. I understand when we think about New Orleans, and it's a very it's a very you know pass heavy scheme. It's also you know it's it's one of the it's kind of like New, New England, but not not to the same level as far as. It's a very complicated offense. It's a very complicated, uh, complicated, yeah, offense to to learn. And the last thing you want to do is throw in a quarterback that isn't ready, because if not, because this offense is so tough to learn and tough to to figure out, uh, you can get left behind quick. And of course, in the AFC, I mean NFC South, usually. The last thing you want to do is start off slow because either you'll have the Panthers coming or you have Atlanta. Uh, but the reason why I don't understand why there's still a quarterback battle is because James Winston's been there for, what, a year and a half, two years now, which gives them enough time to learn the system. I understand Taysom Hill has been there longer, but I, don't, I think Taysom Hill has only thrown, what, one or two touchdowns in his career? compared to Jameis Winston, who a year ago, he threw like 30 touchdowns to 30 interceptions. So it's that's that's one question that the Saints have is who's going to be their quarterback. And honestly, I, I believe it should be Jameis Winston. I think most, if you really want a traditional type quarterback and, a, and an actual quarterback, I will go with Jameis. We understand that Jameis is not the best when it comes to decision-making. That, I mean, that is reminiscent. He's an incredible talent. Let me say that. Jameis Winston is an incredible talent. However, we remember he had 30 touchdowns to 30 interceptions. I think that was the most interceptions in a season or like second most or something like that. Uh, now, of course, Jameis Winston has had, you know, eye surgery. So that could definitely uh, improve and change. He's had, um, he's had time to get, I think, you know, with a new coach, as in Sean Payton, a more offensive coach, getting out of Tampa Bay, that definitely probably helped him need to change his scenery. So we we don't know how Jameis Winston is going to be. Now, if 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 the preseason game to the Saints was any, I mean, no preseason game to Baltimore was any recollection of how <laughs> the Saints season is going to go, it's not looking good, bro. <laughs> it's, it's it's not looking good at all, man. Because again, it's, I know it's just the preseason. The starters pretty much only play maybe a, a drive or two uh, for both 
teams. But you're in a quarterback battle, man. And it's not just it, it wasn't just Jameis Winston. Don't think I'm just piling on Jameis Winston. This is the entire team. The team looked looked bad. It, you know, of course, Jameis Winston did have a touchdown pass. There were some plays where they looked good, but that was few and far between. It was just an ugly game. So, but I'm just gonna chalk that up to 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 the preseason. So that's one thing we need to figure out is who is going to be the quarterback. Again, I believe it's Jameis Winston, but if it's not Jameis Winston, say they do go with Taysom Hill. And knowing Sean Payton, he might he might really pretty much give him 50-50 as far as you might get 50% of the plays to Jameis, 50% to Taysom Hill. I don't believe that's an effective way, but I'm not an NFL coach. But if you whatever quarterback you run or whatever quarterback is the starter, the, the approach to the game is different. And I say that to say... Jameis Winston is more, like I said, he's a quarterback. He is more, he's a better thrower. He's more of a uh, of a pocket pocket thrower, pocket passer. Uh, and there's schemes that you really shouldn't run with Jameis. Like, you, you don't, he, he is, I mean, he can run with the ball, but he's not really the most mobile quarterback. So you don't really want to run wildcat packages. You don't really want to run, uh, you know, you don't really want Jameis Winston out of the pocket. That's not what you want. Uh, and then you don't really want running one. You don't really do, do run pass options because he's not really a threat to run the ball. Taysom Hill, on the other hand, that's all you really want to do is run pass option because you have Taysom, because you have Alvin Kamara. Uh, you have some of the, the 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 offensive weapons at your disposal. Like you have Kevin White, you know, and of course we'll talk about Mike Thomas in a second. But the last thing you want, like you're going to have to figure out who is going to be your starter and how you're going to do this. Because and that's why I said you don't really want to 50-50 this. You don't because, like I said, Taysom, you hear Sean Payton say all the time, oh, Taysom Hill is going to get a lot of runs. Like, look, this these two are not – Jameis Winston and, and Taysom Hill are completely different quarterbacks. It's kind of like for to a lesser extent – just but it's kind of like New England you can't when when if you have Mac Jones starting and you have Cam Newton starting one you can't run this deal those are two completely different quarterbacks Mac Jones is a more accurate uh, uh pocket passer Cam Newton is more of a mobile quarterback that can make better plays because of his ability to not only run the ball but his arm strength and get the ball downfield so Taysom Hill and 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 Jameis Winston, they're completely different players, man. Taysom Hill, like I said, is more of the athlete. He's not really a quarterback, but he can give you more run options. He can give you more uh he can give you more options as far as the run pass option. Jameis Winston, he's more of a pocket passer, but of course he's more of the quarterback. So again, they need to figure out what they're gonna do with with uh with what they're gonna do with the starting quarterback position. Another thing they need to figure out, of course, is how much are they going to use Alvin Kamara? And I say that to say they're probably because this is a new age. The Saints is used the, the Saints mo has usually been pass first, pass second, pass third. Like it's a pass first team. They will pass the pass your head off, but they could do that. They could do that because you have one of the most accurate quarterbacks of all time, which is Drew Brees. I mean, he has damn near every record or at least top three in every record in passing in NFL history. So, of course, they're going to pass the ball a lot. 
However, like I said, this is a new look offense. This is a new look Saints. Do you really want to pass that much, especially, and again, we'll talk about it in a second, but especially with the Mike Thomas situation looming over? Like, I understand you you, you have Contra, Crontrell Smith. I mean, but you, outside of Michael Thomas, uh, you, you don't really, I mean, you have Tommy Lee Lewis, but you, you don't really have have a reliable number one outside of Michael Thomas. So how are you going to lean, and we'll talk about the Carolina Panthers in a second, but are they going to make the off? Are they going to revolve the offense sort of around uh, Alvin Kamara like this, like the Panthers are doing with uh, or have done with Christian McCaffrey? I think that's that. It's it's very interesting to see the first few games what the Saints do, because knowing Sean Payton, he's he's a he's an offensive wizard, and he's one of the best offensive course coaches in NFL history. So of course he's going to, you know, run some de- some good schemes and everything. But I'm really interested to see how they use Alvin Kamara now. Is Alvin Kamara going to be more of an, a focal point of offense? Now he's been. The focal, a, a, a big part of the offense because I mean it's Alvin Kamara. He's one of the best backs in the league, but you don't really have the quarterback position to lean on like you used to. If Alvin Kamara is not having a good day, of course you still have Drew Brees lighting people up. But Jameis Winston, he, on his best day, Jameis Winston can give you four hundred fifty yard game, but. He'll also give you four touchdowns to four picks, and two of them picks can be pick sixes. So you never really know what's happening with Jameis Winston. So again, it's like what what are we going to see from Alvin Kamara? I think that this is a big year for him. This is a big year for Sean Payton. This is a big year for, of course, the quarterback position, and this is a big year for just the organization because this is new. This is this is something that they haven't seen since. Drew Brees has been there and he's not there anymore. So uh, I, I'm interested to see how they use. I, I, th- I think that they need to revolve or they need to build this team around Alvin Kamara now. I don't think that you can rely on it, even on his best day. You can't really rely on a on a Jameis Winston. You can't really rely on a Taysom Hill because he's not really a quarterback, but he's an incredible athlete, not a quarterback. I know I keep saying that, but I just want to I just want to drill that into you guys' head. He's not a real quarterback. He is an athlete. So I think because you have all these question marks and because you really don't know about the quarterback position, I think you really need to build this offense around Alvin Kamara. And it goes to my next point, which is the Michael Thomas situation. I already talked about this on a previous episode, but for people that didn't watch, people that don't know, Michael Thomas is kind of going, you know, him and the Saints kind of are 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 kind of going up against each other. Uh, he believe, you know, they 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 asked him to get surgery late or hold off surgery when he was hurt last year, and then he waited to the last minute to get it because he he felt like you know the, the organization kind of lied to him and didn't put his 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 health first. So he's going to miss most of the season probably because he got the surgery hella late. Not to mention he went, what, two months without talking to the organization. You really need to figure out they really need to get that nipped in the bud. When I say nipped in the bud, they need they need the last thing you need right now, which is the Saints, is internal battles. And I say that because, like I said, just – Drew Brees not being there is huge. 
Drew Brees not being there isn't just the offensive problem. It is a, it's a team. The team has to revolve. Even I know he's an offensive quarterback, of course, but the team has to adapt to that. Now it changes how the defense, because the defense might be on the field more. The defense might have to run some different schemes because you can't rely on the offense as much as you used to. So Drew Brees not being there is huge. The last thing you want is the people that is still there or that are still there. You don't want them in like you don't want you want them to be on. you. They have to be on the same page. They have to be on the same page because this is a new book that they're reading at this point. So the last thing you want to do is go into it with not only your quarterback that's been, you know, there for years upon years upon years, the future Hall of Fame quarterback. You also now you don't know what's going on with your all pro uh, wide receiver. Especially, especially when the offense pretty much revol- revolves around him and Alvin Kamara. Now, it's going to have to. And if he's not there, the load, like I said, is going to be put more on Alvin Kamara. And, of course, some of the, I mean, Jawan Johnson, uh, take, like I said, take one. Uh, it, it, it's, I don't, I don't know, man. It's, like I said, take one, Traquan Smith. The last thing you want is your two, your two best players at this point. One of them not being there due to, and not being happy. I don't know. I, now, the, I don't know what, what, what went on between the organization and Michael Thomas. Uh, only they, you know, Michael Thomas, no organization knows. And of course, Michael Thomas has been liking tweets and, and Instagram pictures and stuff pretty much bashing the the saints so i don't know how this is gonna i don't know if this the the relationship can be can be fixed i don't know if michael thomas is gonna get traded i don't know but i do know that that's one thing that you need to get situated especially before the season slips away from you because the, the thing about this outside of the number one team in this division which is the tampa bay buccaneers right now the division is is up for grabs at least for two on and and with the extra team going into the playoffs and the extra game, this the AFC the NFC South used to be one of the creme like the creme de la creme of NFC divisions. I mean, Drew Brees, Cam Newton, Matt Ryan. Uh, you have well now you have Tom Brady, but the last thing you want to do is get get left behind because there are other divisions and other teams. The, the Saints you the Saints still have a great defense. You know, you still have Cam Jordan. You still have some really good defensive players. Like it's, you still have Malcolm Jenkins, even though he's kind of he's kind of on his last leg. But they're still they still have a good. I mean, you have Marcus Lattimore, so you still have a great defense. So that that defense can carry you, along with, of course, and no pun intended, uh, Alvin Kamara running the ball. They can still carry you to the playoffs. So the last thing you want to do is have internal fighting with uh, your your star player at this point, which or one of your star players at this point, which is Michael Thomas. And you not know what's going on. So that that there, there's a lot of question marks in my opinion with the Saints, and there's also a lot of question marks with the Carolina Panthers. Let's move on to them. There's a lot of question marks because you have, you know, Matt Rule. This is it, a year ago you had Teddy Bridgewater at the helm. Teddy Bridgewater is good. He's a serviceable quarterback, but he's not a quarterback that can really put you over the top. He's a quarterback that can keep you afloat. But I don't know if Teddy Bridgewater is really a a, a starting quarterback for the for the entire season. It's kind of like Matt Ryan. 
not not Ryan. I'm sorry. It's kind of like Ryan Fitzpatrick. That's what I meant to say. Ryan Fitzpatrick, and we'll talk about the NFC East later on the week or or in in, a, in an upcoming episode. But Ryan Fitzpatrick is not really a, a starting quarterback for the entire season, and we've seen that he hasn't been good for the entire season. He's good at spurts. He's good at a couple games, but he's not really good for an entire season. And I think Teddy Bridgewater is kind of the same way. Even though you had you had Robbie Anderson, you had DJ Moore, and you have Christian McCaffrey before he got hurt, but they still what finished um they still finished five and eleven last year. So out out goes Teddy Bridgewater and comes Sam Darnold. And the biggest question mark is for Sam Darnold. Sam we know the 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 <laughs> we know the 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 bad history that Sam Darnold has, especially with the Jets, um, and a lot of people, including myself, I'm 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 holding out hope. I'm holding out hope that the reason why Sam Darnold was as bad as he was was because of the Jets organization. And hell, you're even seeing it right now with Zach Wilson. The season hasn't even started, but you're seeing important players like their 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 wide receiver. You're seeing important players go down left and right. They still don't have a good offensive line. They still their defense is still spotty. And of course they have a new coach in Robert Sala, so we need to see how that goes. But I'm holding out hope that it was the organization that didn't really supply him with the with the stuff that he needed was the reason why Sam Darnold was so bad. Now, if that's not the case, if if it was mostly because of Sam Darnold, which a lot of people want to, want to say that it is, then 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 Carolina essentially rolled the dice and lost. That's what they're doing. They're rolling the dice. They're rolling the dice just like um they you don't make the trade that they made, pay him the amount that they paid him. If they, if you don't think, not to mention they don't really have a good backup quarterback. They have like a, I mean, I don't, I don't even know who their backup quarterback is. So they're pretty much banking, banking it all on on uh, Sam Darnold. Again, you still have DJ Moore, you still have Robbie Anderson, two very good, uh, very good wide receivers. You do lose Kurt, you do lose Curtis Samuel, but again. Y- you still have your top two receivers. And of course you have Christian McCaffrey coming back from injury. And we all know Christian McCaffrey is one of the best running backs, if not the best running back when healthy in the league. So this is one of those teams where you're going to know early. You're going to, you're going to know early how good Sam Darnold really is. The seat, the the schedule's kind of favorable favorable. So you have there are some wins that could be had there. Uh especially before the trade or before the the, the bye week. So I it, it, I'll say this. This team is not built to withstand bad quarterback play. And we saw that last year. You have really you have incredible talent around both Teddy Bridgewater and now Sam Darnold, and even with that talent, Teddy Bridgewater was average at best most of the season, and because of that, like I said, they finished five and eleven. This team is not built on. Uh, this team is not built on 
this let me say this. This team is not built to survive mediocre quarterback play. And what do I mean by that? First and foremost, no no NFL team can win a Super Bowl with mediocre quarterback. No NFL team can get to a Super Bowl with mediocre quarterback play. But there are some teams that are built that their quarterback doesn't need to be super incredible to win the game. The Tennessee Titans is 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 uh, one of those teams. Ryan Tannehill can have a bad game, can can be can have a bad few weeks, but because you have the running of of uh, of Derrick Henry, because you can throw some slant passes to to AJ Green, I mean I, I mean AJ Brown to Julio Jones. That that team can can and the the defense is is pretty bad, but the offensive line is good. That team can win with bad quarterback play. I mean, like they they can win with bad quarterback play. Of course, they can't win a Super Bowl. They can't get to a Super Bowl with bad quarterback play. But they can win a lot of games with bad quarterback play. The Ravens can win if Lamar Jackson is not playing well. Can they win a Super Bowl? No. But if with you know Dobbs and and Edwards. They, Mark Andrews was tight end, so he, you know, he's not really going deep a lot. They can win with bad quarterback play. Yes, you have Christian McCaffrey, but the the offensive line isn't strong enough for Christian McCaffrey to lead them to wins like that. Their defense is is okay. Their defense is serviceable, but their defense is not the 2015 defense that, of course, propelled them and helped them get to a Super Bowl. So the reason why I said they're banking on Sam Darnold because this team is if this team does not go, especially with Christian McCaffrey coming off an injury, coming off an injury that he had. If this team, if if Sam Darnold is not good, this team is is not good because you don't have. It's not this team is not built. This team cannot really. Yes, you can maybe win a game, and but even even like I said, even you saw when Christian McCaffrey was there. He was breaking records, first quarterback to one uh, one thousand yards receiving and thousand yards rushing. Uh, he was fantasy legend, but they weren't really winning. So, if you know, and, and of course you have a, a newer coach in Matt Rule, so they're really banking a lot on Sam Darnold, and we definitely have to see. I think Chris McCaffrey will will be good, but. Especially coming off injury, like I said, you don't really want to put a lot on them, as especially early. So they're definitely banking on Sam, and I think I do think Sam Darnold is going to be okay. I, again, this is the first time in his career, probably since uh, USC, that he's had a good offensive line, and they even they even got a lot of offensive pieces in the dra- offensive line pieces in the draft. This is the first time that he has a good offensive line. He has a really good running back. He has a really good receiving core. So he has a really good tight end. So, like I said, this this is really depending on it's on it's really on him. It's really on him. And 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 again, this team is only gonna go as far as he takes them. Cause again, this this team is not built. It's not built to uh to withstand, you know, a bad quarterback play. So We'll definitely have to see about Sam Darnold. I'm excited to see. I don't. I don't. I don't know. With the landscape of the league and the landscape of, um, 
the NFC South, I don't think this team can rival uh, or can can make the playoffs even. I don't – let me see this. For the Saints, let me go back to the Saints real quick. For the Saints, I'll say mm, – I'll say they can get to – I can see them winning eight or nine, not eight or nine games because of the play of Alvin Kamara. And, of course, we need to see when or if – Mike Mike Thomas comes back and how he plays and of course the quarterback play. But I think because you have Alvin Kamara who outside of I guess Christian McCaffrey but we have to see how he is. He is the best running back in the division. So, um I got them winning 8 or 9 games. I have the Panthers. Again, it all depends on Sam Darnold. If Sam Darnold is really good and the Sam Darnold that they expect him to be, I can see them winning 9, 10 games. Now, if it's the Sam Darnold that we've seen for the Jets, again, it's probably closer to five or six. And a lot of those five or six are probably going to come off the backs of Chris McCaffrey uh, in the defense. So we'll see. We'll definitely have to see. Let's go over to the, the Atlanta Falcons. The Atlanta Falcons is a head-scratching team. It's a head-scratching team because if you look at the Falcons, even let's let's not just say this year. Let's look at the Falcons since the infamous debacle in the Super Bowl, being up what twenty eight three and ended up losing that game, which is still incredible even to say. But the Saint, I mean though the 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 Falcons have a MVP, a former MVP in Matt Ryan. You had, before you trade him, one of the best, uh, if not the best, wide receiver in the league when healthy, which was Julio Jones. You're, 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 you had Todd Gurley at one time. Now, of course, you had Dan Quinn, and now a lot of that was because, you know, a lot of the reasons why they weren't really that good is because of Dan Quinn. But this team has always had talent. Hell, let's, let's, let's go. Let's, listen, we're, let's, stay, let's get in the present. Let's come back to the present now. You still have Matt Ryan, who while a lot of people don't like Matt Ryan. He's still a, a talented quarterback. He's still one of the better quarterbacks in the league. I'm not saying he's the best, but he's still one of the better quarterbacks. Hell, you even saw last year, he was airing that zone out. Now, yes, they were losing a lot of games, and a lot of times most of his yards were coming in garbage minutes or when it didn't really count because they were already down. But he was letting that zone go. like He was airing it out. And – Matt Ryan, like I said, can still give you – he can still throw it. You have Calvin Ridley, who, in my opinion, was probably the best number two in the league when they had Julio Jones. And I think it's different from – from. I think Calvin Ridley is going to turn into what we expected Juju Smith-Schuster to turn into. When we Juju Smith-Schuster was incredible. And he is a talented wide receiver, don't get me wrong. But we expected Juju to pretty much turn into, when A.B. left, we expected Juju to turn into a bona fide number one option. And he has not been that. Again, since Julio, I mean, since A.B. left, I don't believe that Juju has had a 100-yard game, which is crazy. Maybe one, but I, I, I don't even think that's the case, honestly. I think he does not have a... 100-yard game. Calvin Ridley 
has been one of the most quiet, quietest kept secrets in the NFL. He is one of the better wide receivers in the game. And he's now he's been a number two. And I understand that things are going to change with Julio being gone. So he's going to start getting the best defender and coverage is going to start, you know, going around him or he's going to start focusing on him. But <laughs> Calvin Ridley is one of the best route runners, one of the fastest, and he has some of the one of the like longer wingspans. He is one of the best rod receivers in the game. Now again, a lot of this is because he was a number two option, but I think because of you know playing at Alabama and because of the the skill set and the talent that he has, and 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 the thing that kind of helped him also is Julio Jones was injured a lot last year and the year before. So because of that, a lot of times the team depended on Calvin Ridley to 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 pick up the slack, and he did that leaps and bounds. Now again, I understand it didn't win a lot. But, I mean, they're coming off of 4 and 12. <laughs> but Calvin really was incredible. Calvin really was not the reason why they didn't, they, they weren't winning. So, I think Calvin really is going to be incredible. I think Calvin really is going to have a breakout season. Don't be surprised if, you know, Calvin Ridley is, is in discussion or is a pro bowler this year. Do not be surprised. Calvin Ridley has been the, the most – He's been the he's been the most kept secret because of the fact that you're playing next to arguably one of the greatest wide receivers when healthy in of all time, and that is Julio Jones. So when you're playing alongside that, of course you're not gonna get the shine. Of course you're not gonna get be a number one option because Julio Jones, wherever he is, is the number one option when healthy. So I understand, you know. Calvin Ridley, I understand a lot of people may not know who he is like that, but Calvin Ridley is the truth. The only thing, the only thing that uh, I question about this team, well, two things. It's a couple things. Let me say it. It's a couple things. One thing is their running, running attack. Their running attack hasn't been good probably since early Devontae Freeman days. That's been a while. I think their running their running game hasn't been good since the Super like what 2016, which was when they went to the Super Bowl. Like their running game has been atrocious. And and even that's even with Todd Gurley there last year. Todd Gurley did get his numbers. Um, but their running game has been god awful, which is why they've thrown the ball a lot. Now, of course, it's also because you have uh they have what Hayden Hurst uh there. Um you have Calvin really you had Julio Jones but this 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 uh, they've this running this this running game has been garbage so we need to see you know how what happens and if it because I mean <laughs> you can throw the ball as much as you want of course when you have people like Calvin really when you have people like Matt Ryan you can you can let that jump go. You can air it out. But what happens when you really need a running back? What you gonna trust? What Caleb Hunt? What Huntley? You gonna trust um, Javion Hawkins? <laughs> You're gonna trust uh, who else? I'm, I'm what I'm doing for oh Deontay Foreman. What I'm doing is I'm going down their roster all the all the running backs. Uh, quite um. Hey guys, 
yeah, that's that's not good. <laughs> the running their running back position is terrible. So I need to see if, if that's gonna hold the back and and also. And also their defense last year. And this is with Dan uh Dan Quinn, who is known like is is known to be one of the best defensive coaches in the NFL. I mean, he was he was there with the Legion of Boom and the Seattle. So he's known for his defense. Atlanta's defense is had to last year at least. Let's just speak on last year. Was one of the worst defenses in NFL history. People were having a field day on them. Hell, if I put on some pads and a helmet, I probably can score a touchdown on that defense last year. That's how bad they were. Hell, you remember all the shootouts they were in? Hell, you remember they were up what? by like 20, 25 points or they're up more than 15 points a couple times in the fourth quarter and lost because their defense was just that horrible. It was it was bad, bro. And they didn't really do much to address their defense. And uh, th- now I understand, you know, you have a new head coach. I, I understand that. And, and I mean... <laughs> Yeah, you have a new head coach. I mean, you have Arthur Smith, cool, but you had a court. You had a coach who was defensive oriented, and Dan Cook, or Dan Quinn. I'm sorry, and it didn't work. Now, I do think that he lost the locker room. I do think once you lose a locker room, it's tough to get it back. It's it's tough. I mean, and let me say this: you ain't getting it back once you lose a locker room. And at that point, I think the quarter. I mean, the coach has to go, but. They didn't really do much for the quarterback position. Um, I mean, at the at the defensive position. So, I think that this is just going to be another year that Atlanta um, Atlanta's defense sucks. And Atlanta is one of the the most frustrating teams to predict because again, they have talent. They have a lot of talent. Matt Ryan, even though a lot of people want to bag on Matt Ryan, a lot of people want to make jokes about Matt Ryan, you know, 28 to 3 jokes and everything. Matt Ryan is still an okay quarterback. Calvin Ridley is still a really good to great wide receiver. You know, they Hayden Hurst is a good tight end. Uh, and now we have Kyle Pitts. They have the talent. It's just they just they just they just don't be producing. I don't know, man. You have AJ Terrell, so that that can help. But I mean Chris Chris Slayton, uh, cool. Uh, Kendall Sheriff, uh, cool. I, I do I do want to talk about Kyle Pitts for a second. So Kyle Pitts, rookie tight end for the Saints. I mean, no, for, why do I keep for the for the Atlanta Falcons? Kyle Pitts was the most or the highest graded tight end coming into the league i think ever or maybe since like uh since travis kelsey or something like that what he did at florida was incredible and it kind of goes back to the uh jamar chase and cincinnati argument i understand you want to get the best player right you lose now i also understand you lose julio jones julio jones goes to the tight end or the titans 
And Kyle Pitts, he's not – I mean, I understand he's a tight end, but he is – at least let's let's speak on Florida. In Florida, he was arguably – no, inarguably the best tight end in college football. And his skill set, especially catching the ball, is so elite that you can pretty – you can arguably say he is a, a wide receiver. He's just a big wide receiver. There's a con- there's a question and and there's a conversation that can be had that Travis Kelsey is arguably the greatest if if not one of the greatest catching tight ends ever. Now a lot of that is of course the scheme that this that the Chiefs uh run and of course a lot of that is also Patrick Mahomes but you can argue that Travis Kelsey is one of the best receiving tight ends ever. A lot of people, a lot of scouts are saying that Kyle Pitts can be better than that, can be better than Travis Kelsey. If that's the case, hey, do you think? But, and this is why I said it kind of goes back to Cincinnati and Jamar Chase. I understand that you're losing Julio Jones. I understand that um, Kyle Pitts was the best available player. But I'm not the only person that saw how bad that defense was last year. And I understand one player is not going to to change an entire defense. And one player is not going to to lift an entire defense out of the the the, the grave. But I don't know. You know, I don't know. Now that I'm really hearing myself saying it, the the reason why I think they didn't get a defensive player is because they're they're not one defensive player away. They're not one defensive player away. So one defensive player wasn't gonna there there's not an Aaron Darnold in this in this draft. There's not a Khalil Mack in this draft. One defensive player ain't changing nothing. However, I think it'd be a little different if you had Micah Hyde. I mean not Micah, Michael Parsons, if you had uh a Patrick Sertan, you know. Now, yes, Kyle Pitts is gonna be incredible. But but, you know. And I understand that because of his offensive skill set, you can run him, of course, as a tight end, but he can also run receiver routes. So I understand that you're he he's a gives you he's a weapon. He's not really much for blocking, but he's a weapon that you can unleash a lot of places. Um, but I don't know. I I would. I, I don't know. I I don't know. I probably would have maybe if I was Atlanta, I would. I would have went defense because of how bad their defense is. I understand that one player is not going to save you, but it's a start. Like Jesus. So, 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 where do I think Atlanta? How many wins do I think? And and this is again, this is why this is so hard to to predict this team because it's like again, you have so many really good pieces, but they had a lot of good pieces last year, and they underachieved. I mean, hell, last year they had four wins. I think that they can get. I think they're there. This team should be a lot better than four wins. Again, a lot of, I think a lot of it is because, you know, uh, the quarterback, I mean, the coach, which was Dan Quinn, I think he lost the, the, the locker room. I don't think players really wanted to play with him or his coaching staff. I just think that it, it, it was just time for him to go. And a lot of players quit. Uh, now I understand people say, "Well, they get paid millions of dollars." Uh, hey, I don't know. They, just, I, I do think they just quit and, and stop listening to Dan Quinn. So, 
I think Arthur Smith, if Arthur Smith can get to him or, you know, if they can rally around Arthur Smith and listen to him, I think this team can win. I mean, with the talent that they have now, their defense is still god awful. But I, they have to win more than four games. I think I'll give them mm, – I'll give them probably eight, eight, eight and a half, nine wins with the talent that they have. Now, again, I – if you look at the talent they had last year, they should have won eight to nine games, and they won four. So we'll see how that goes. And that's that's Atlanta. And, of course, the creme de la creme of the NFC South is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I mean, there's not really much you can say about Tampa Bay. Like, <laughs> Tampa Bay. I think the real question, okay, so the question isn't, uh, is Tampa Bay the best team in the in the NFC South? That's no question. The question is, are they the best team in the league? And I think it's an unequivocal yes. Do I? I mean, you brought back what eleven out of your, like you brought back pretty much all your starters. Uh, gives another year for Antonio Brown. Chris Godwin's going to be better. Uh, Mike Mike Evans, I think he's one of the most underrated. When we, when we talk about some of the best wide receivers, of course you hear DeAndre Hopkins, you hear Julio Jones, you hear uh, Stephon Diggs. And while those are incredible wide receivers and definitely should their names should be up there, a lot of times you don't hear Mike Evans a lot. Now, a lot of that is due to the fact that he was playing you know, in a system and with a quarterback who was high turnover prone, and that was Teddy Bridgewater. But a lot of that also is because of injury. Uh, Mike <laughs> Mike Evans cannot stay on the field. And I, it's it's tough, man. It's tough because they they don't need him as much because you have a Scotty Miller, you have uh, Antonio Brown, you have Chris Godwin, but he is very he's a very important cog. And like I said, he's one of the best wide receivers in the game. So he's somebody that you want to have on on the field. And when healthy, like I said, he's one of, I'll say, when healthy, he can be a top five wide receiver in the game. That is Mike Evans. So, I mean, you brought back uh, Leonard Fournette. Gronk is back. Uh, Levante David. You know, (laughs) this team team is, is, is stacked to the brim. This team, I mean, Devin White, this, this, yeah, this, and can sue, like, this team is JPP, <laughs> you just keep going, you just keep going. Now, I will say this, I will say this, um, the success of this team, really, and I know this is weird to say, and I know this is, uh, this is this is this has been blasphemy for a while, but the success of this team really is contingent on how good Tom Brady is, and I say that because Tom Brady is what going into his his twenty second year, twenty second year in the league, and I mean at some, there were some points last year. Now I understand that last year was his first year. Uh, of course, some points when they were looking bad, he was still learning the offense. I understand that. And of course, players were still getting acclimated with him and the and the new system. I get that, but there were some there. If you look at the Green Bay game, hell, look at the play. Let's just stick to the playoffs. He wasn't great in any of those games. 
he was good. He was service. He was smart. He was a vet. He knew how not to lose the game. But don't get it twisted. A big reason, the biggest reason, in my opinion, why the 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 Bucks won last year was because of their defense. When you have a Devin White, when you have a Dom Kinsu, when you have a JJ, I mean JPP, when you have a Levante David, like those are all incredible players and they hit their stride at the right moment after what that saints game like they just they just took off and <sighs> tom brady was good last year as far as he was he was i think last year was one of the first year or last year i'm not going to say one of the first years but last year really showed that it wasn't just it, his his IQ shines more than his arm strength than than his his physical talent because if you if you again let's just look at the playoffs he made some timely plays uh he wasn't he I mean he did have a couple deep balls to what uh, Chris Godwin and, and Antonio Brown against Washington but it was really timely plays timely first downs timely checkdowns. And, you know, they were able to burn clock. And, of course, they won by three with the Saints. He was <laughs> Tom Brady was not good during the Saints game. It was just Drew Brees was equally not that good. And they were both having a turnover fest. And, of course, at the end of the game, the defense pretty much the defense for the Bucks stood tall. But Tom Brady understood. All right. I'm not about to win in no shootout. Let me just not. Uh, at least the fourth quarter. Let me not lose it. I mean, I've been I've been pretty bad the first three quarters. The fourth one. Let me let me let me let me let me chill out with these turnovers. And with the with the Green Bay game. Hey, I don't have it. Green Bay, you know, Green Bay, Green Bay really lost that game in three plays. The 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 play before half when King got burnt by Scotty Miller. Uh. And, of course, the end of the game. But they also lost because there was a lot of time. They, they you know, what? I think the, the, the Bucks had like three turnovers. And each one of those turnovers, the, the, the Packers couldn't or didn't capitalize. So it's really contingent on how good uh Tom Brady is because this this team is built around Tom Brady. They have some really good pieces. Like I said, you have Gronk, you have OJ Howard, you have uh Leonard Fournette, you have Ronald uh, Ronald Jones. Like you have really good pieces. Uh it, it it really is just how how far can Tom Brady take them and Bruce Arians. Now uh, again this team is the best roster on in the NFL. Do I do they have the best player? No, of course you can argue uh, Aaron Donald. You can argue Patrick Mahomes. You can argue Aaron Rodgers. You can argue a lot of pair. Tom Brady is not the best quarterback in the league, in my opinion, but he is still one of the best because of how his brain works and his experience and the way that even though he's no, he's not, even though he knows at this point his he's not the most physically gift like his his arm is his arm talent isn't always there uh his accuracy isn't always there but he is still his brain is still serviceable and, and he's able to to make some incredible plays very timely plays um but don't get it twisted man this is the best roster 
by a, a long shot. I mean, the Rams are up there. Uh, of course, the, the 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 Chiefs are up there. The Ravens are up there. Uh, the the Browns. I think probably the Browns on paper might be the second best roster on paper. But yeah, man, this it's it, it'll be hard pressed for me for me. I, I'm looking at the landscape of the AFC. I mean, of the NFC. And spoiler alert. After I do the divisional breakdowns and stuff, of course I'll give my prediction about what happens and seating and everything. But it's it'll be hard pressed for me to see a team beat the beat this team. And it's not just because of Brady, but because this is a let me say, in the NFC. We'll we'll talk about Super Bowls and everything, but in the NFC, I don't really see a team close to this good. Uh I mean, we'll, when we get to the the north, we could talk about Green Bay, maybe. Uh the Rams maybe, but I don't see a team that can beat this team as far as an entire team. So again, it's really contingent on how far uh, Tom Brady takes them. Of course, last year, once they got it rolling and their defense was on fire, they took them and won the Super Bowl. So we'll see how it goes. And of course, last year they went 11 and five. I can see them winning 13 games easily, 13, 14 games because a lot of that 11, a lot of those five losses was the team was new. They were trying to get acclimated. Of course, we know about the no offs or, you know, no preseason training camp was is different. The COVID bubble missing players. It was, it was, it was not an ideal situation. So even in that they go 11, they win 11 games and win a Super Bowl. So I think that they can get to 13, 14 wins easy in my opinion. So I think if you're ranking the teams right now, I think of course the cream, the the cream of the crop, the cream de la cream of the NFC South is the Tampa Bay, and is it's 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 a country mile gap between the first and the second team, and I guess the second I would say the second team is probably the Saints, uh, uh, because they still have an incredible defense. You still have Alvin Kamara. Uh, and of course, we need to figure out what happened, or we need to find out what happens with uh, Mike Thomas. Then, I, <laughs> then I guess I'll, oof. I'll say, mm. and I say, I say ah, this tough man, because I don't know the Atlanta we're gonna get. Honestly, if we're gonna get the the best Atlanta team that we can get, that should be the second best team, but we haven't gotten that in a while. So I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go Atlanta. Just because you know Calvin Ridley and they have a new coach, uh, Matt, you know Matt Ryan, they do need to figure out what happens with their running game. They need to figure out or find some way to have a better defense. Uh, so I'll, I'll say Atlanta, and then because we don't know about Sam Darnold and what Sam Darnold we're going to get, and of course we need to figure out how is Christian McCaffrey going to be coming back. I have right no, never mind. I'm going to say because Christian Christian McCaffrey is probably the best player or better pl- best player bet- between Carolina and Atlanta. So I'm going to say Christian McCaffrey, I'm going to say the the all right, Tampa Bay wide margin, the Saints, then Carolina Panthers, then Atlanta Hawks. I'm sticking to it. That's the NFC South. Next next episode, I will break down another NFC team, but yeah. That's that's what I got, and I think if I if I stay here too long, I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna keep flip flopping between Atlanta and, and the Brown. 
the the Panthers. Never mind. I know I'm not because the Panthers have a, be, a way better defense than uh, a way better defense than the um than Atlanta. Not to mention, right now Atlanta has really one wide receiver that you know what you're going to get out of, which is Calvin Ridley. Of course, we need to see what happens with Kyle Pitts. Um, and I know he's a tight end, but he's good enough to really play receiver. So, and and the Panthers, they have two serviceable people. You have DJ Moore. You have uh, Rodney Hood. I mean, no, you have Robbie Anderson. So, I'm going to go with the Panthers, and then the last team is this, the, the Atlanta Hawks. So, moving forward, and, and, and the last thing I'm going to talk about is, so, of course – we all saw the Kevin Durant, Draymond Green sit down. The Draymond Green interviewed Kevin Durant uh, for his podcast called Chips. Um, well, first and foremost, that was an incredible, incredible uh, interview that Draymond Green did. I did like the fact that, you know, Kevin Durant seemed like he was comfortable. Uh, they talked about everything from the infamous argument that took place against the Clippers. He talked about uh you know, winning two championships together, uh, Kevin Durant leaving OKC to go to Golden State, Kevin Durant leaving Golden State to go to Brooklyn, talked about, uh, hell, everything, kids, life, family, you know, it's two friends that were having a conversation, and of course, the, 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 the biggest bombshell, I guess, that came out of that interview was Draymond Green asked Kevin Durant straight up, yo, um, was our argument that we had against the Clippers the biggest reason or the main reason why you left? And, of course, Kevin Durant said, no, that wasn't it. Uh, it was because of management. It was because of uh, Balmer. It was not Balmer. It was because of Steve Kerr. It was because of uh, how management kind of uh, tried to sweep it under the rug. They disciplined Draymond Green. Um and they just didn't like the way it was it was handled. Kevin Durant referenced uh, the last dance when Scottie Pippen uh, was in the playoff game and he didn't want to go or he refused to go in and everybody pretty much killed him when they went to lock. As in the team pretty much killed him as they went to the locker room. Uh, I'll say this. It was an it was an incredible interview. I'm not here critiquing the interview. What I am going to do is critique the answer. First and foremost, I don't know what you expect. I'm I'm all for the players, man. But I don't know what you expect management. To, I do I, I will say this. I do I do think that management could have handled it a better way as far as let them handle it or let the the players handle it. You don't have to discipline Draymond. Uh, you don't have to demand him to apologize, whatever. But he, this is where accountability comes in, you know. First and foremost, Draymond Green also, I don't know if you guys caught this, but he even said before the, or after the second season, you can tell KD was done. You can tell KD was out. That was even before the argument. That was before the blow-up during the Clippers in the regular season. Draymond Green could feel that Kevin Durant just didn't feel like being there anymore. He was out. And even Kevin Durant said, yeah, I kind of, I was pretty much on the fence or I pretty much knew that 
you know, I, I wanted a new journey. I wanted a new place to play. I wanted a new challenge. So while I let's, if you want to put in percentage, I think that going into the third season uh, with Kevin Durant and, and Golden State, I think Kevin Durant was probably 80% like, yeah, I'm, I'm probably done. And then I think that, you know, the, the, the incident probably was like confirmation, like, oh yeah, I'm definitely done. But you, it, it wasn't just the fact that Draymond Green or the management didn't didn't do anything better. Again, the management wasn't the one that was out there. The management management wasn't Draymond Green cursing you out, calling you this, that, and the third because you wanted the ball. So, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't really subscribe to the fact that you want to blame management for that because again what is Steve Kerr supposed to do what is Bob Myers supposed to do what what are they supposed to do like I'm Draymond Green was the one that was yelling and and, and stuff so that's y'all two to figure out like what what are they supposed to do and of course when you're a franchise player and everyone on the team knows that you're pretty much on the fence about staying or going, of course the organization is gonna. You're you're the you're you're yes, it's Kev it's Steph Curry's team, but you're the best player on the team, so of course they're gonna cater to you. Every single team you see, every single team, whether it's football, whether it's basketball, whether it's baseball, whether it's hockey, they cater to the best players. Hell, whether it's college, you cater to the best players. So of course. Bob Myers and, and Steve Kerr is going to cater to Kevin Durant and try to make it seem, you know, try to do everything to make Kevin Durant happy. I mean, he's the best player on the team. So, you know, it, I don't, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't really blame management for that, uh, for the whole blow up and how they handle it. Cause they will handle like any other body would handle like, yo, let's try to make Kevin Durant happy. We want him to stay. Now I will say this. And Kevin Durant pretty much, I think, hit the nail on the coffin, man. People are still upset about him going to Golden State. Because, and I think it's because, well, one, it's because he left OKC to for, for a team that beat them in the playoffs. And, you know, people don't like that, which I understand. But this was the first time that I can remember. Now, again, I wasn't alive during the prime of the Bulls era. Or I wasn't really, you know, I wasn't cognizant enough to know what was going on. I wasn't really, cog well, I kind of understood, but they lost, you know, the, 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 the Lakers with Shaq and Kobe. But this was the first time in a while, even the, this was the first time in a while that you looked at a team and there was, there was absolutely no weaknesses. And you knew there was no chance they were losing unless they just completely broke down, which they did the last year against Toronto. There was no way that they were going to lose. Hell, when we talk about the Golden State Dynasty, which was between 2000, even even before, which was between 2015 and what, 2019, which was what, four, well, the four or five years that they were there, the dynasty that they had. 15, they win a championship. 16, they lose. 17, they win a championship. 18, they win a championship. 19, they lose because everyone falls apart. Steph Curry got hurt. KD got hurt. Clay got hurt. Uh, Boogie got hurt. That team, that, that run, they were the greatest. Well, let me just say, with KD, they were the greatest offense 
in my that I think has ever played in the NBA. Now, I understand you can do the Showtime Lakers and you can look at the Rockets, what, 2018, 19. Uh, you can look at um, the 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 Celtics back in the day with Bill Russell. But I think that this was the greatest. I think that Golden State was the greatest um, greatest uh, offense we've ever seen. I mean, you had three of the arguably greatest or two of the greatest shooters ever and then one in Kevin Durant who can do everything. And it's kind of like Alabama, man. People hate Alabama, but they don't ha- they don't just hate Alabama cuz it's Alabama. They hate Alabama cuz they're just so freaking good. Like look at the league right now. Look at the NFL. You have Calvin Ridley, Julio Jones, uh, Derrick Henry, Mac Jones, uh, Tua Tagovailoa, Jalen Hurts. There's so many players, great, really good players right now from Alabama. People, hell, and you remember what we saw what happened last year? Alabama, they just ran through everyone, even in the national championship, beating what? Ohio State badly and Justin Hurt, Justin Fields. So, people don't like a villain. Well, people say they like a villain. They need a villain. But they don't really, they don't like a villain, especially when Golden State is full of likable people. Nobody wants to dislike Kevin Durant. Nobody wants to dislike Clay. Nobody wants to dislike Steph. But when you look at them, it's like, yo, that's, that. Jesus. Like, there was, there was teams literally saying, you know, we're just going to wait this run out because there's no way we can beat them. The teams that tried went up, you know, the Rockets, they tried, they, they did their darns and they almost did it. If it wasn't for, uh, CP three hurting his hamstring and then them missing 27 straight threes. And don't get me wrong. I understand this, the Toronto ones, but everyone knows if the team, if Golden State was completely healthy, they would have three peated. So, of course, Kevin Durant hit it right on the nose, man. People people would have, you know, people still, dis- I think the narrative with Kevin Durant changed that day. And people started, Kevin Durant went from the most likable, one of the most likable people in the league to the most hated. And people still have not forgiven him for making the decision that was best for his career. Because imagine if he was where he is today. With no rings. We'll, we'll be talking about him the same way we talk about Melo. The same way we talk about Chris Paul. The same way we talk about T-Mac. The same way we talk about uh, 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 Charles Barkley. Like, that's... And, and, and Kevin Durant is better than all of them. So imagine the scrutiny he'd get. Especially after playing with someone like Russell Westbrook and James Harden. So... I don't I don't fault him at all and I think he hit the nail around right the coffin. Now also um I did hear them say that they were the greatest dynasty ever. I don't I don't think that winning just declare I there has to be winning in there. Of course, if we talk about from 2015 to 2019 they win three championships, 15, uh 17 and 18. Uh and I do think that you can put that dynasty up against the best of them, but I will say that they did arguably have probably the their dynasty was not better than the Bulls dynasty. Don't get me wrong. That's no. Their dynasty probably wasn't better than the three Pete. No, no. I, I could say that they were better than three Pete Lakers just because the Lakers pretty much banked on Shaq and Kobe. 
which, of course, that it's easy to do that. That's Shaq and Kobe. Golden State, you had if, – if, if KD was having a bad day, you had Steph Curry. If Steph Curry was having a bad day, you had someone like Klay Thompson who can give you 36 points in a quarter. If if that wasn't working, you have Draymond Green who can give you a triple double easily. Like they they had all the pieces, so I, I do think that it is one of the best dynasties ever. I don't think it's the greatest. I wouldn't put that up against um the 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 Bulls, but you know. And then uh lastly, I heard Draymond Green said we probably went or I I don't remember if it was Draymond Green or or Kevin Durant, but they said they went uh. <laughs> They said they win five straight championships. Um, no, <laughs> I, I will say they had the talent, but anything can happen on basketball. And as we saw, injury uh, derailed them winning three straight. Uh, of course, maybe and it's it's hard playing with people. You know that's why the hell look at the Bulls. At the Bulls, uh, what's his name? Michael Jordan had to retire twice. Like that's, it's tough. And of course he had two, three piece, but you didn't have five in a row. He didn't have four in, or what? Six in a row. So I don't know about that, but Hey, shouts out to Kevin Durant. Shouts out to, uh, Draymond Green for an incredible interview. And yeah, man, it was, it was, it was informative and it was good. I'm, I'm never, I've never been one to, to, to bash Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant is still arguably top, no, you know, arguably in my opinion, Kevin Durant is a top 10 player of all time. In my opinion, you can, I don't mind arguing. You can leave in the comments. Kevin Durant is a top 10 player all time, in my opinion. And I never faulted him for going to Golden State. Uh, I think that was the perfect system for him, and he did what he wanted to do, and he did what he was what he was trying to do, and that was win championships. So, shouts out to them. But there you have it, man. That has been today's episode of the Popular Podcast. I appreciate you guys. Uh, hey, man, we getting this thing rolling. We almost at two hundred, bro. Like, <laughs> that's that's crazy. But. If you want an unpopular podcast shirt, hoodie, sweater, long sleeve, joggers, the link is in the description below. I have multiple colors, multiple designs. Hey, whatever, whatever your taste is, I got you. Whatever you, whatever design you like, whatever color you like in that design, I got you. Just go to the website and go get you some merch. Also, please subscribe to the YouTube channel. I'm trying to reach a thousand subscribers, so. Tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend and all you guys subscribe. Now, that's what? Tell a friend, tell a friend, tell a friend. That's four subscribers right there. That's four closer to a thousand. So, hey, help me. Help me. Uh, but, again, I appreciate you guys. I love you guys. And until next time, much love. JD Flyboy. Walk a whole lot of miles to get here It's safe to say that I'ma take the cake for this year I would say try again next year But next year will probably be my best year It took a whole lot of blood and sweat tears I don't owe anybody anything, get that clear A lot of sleepless nights and a whole lot of grinding Was gonna say it took forever, but this perfect timing You should've seen me back in high school, they had some shit to say Thought they wasn't shit cause they had shift jobs at Chick-fil-A I was thinking R.A.P., they were thinking G.P.A. A lot of them went to college and they got a job at the bank Now when I pull up, brand new road truck, you should see they fade I know she seen my account, that shit'll make a hater faint This shit'll make a hater think He had his gold right in his face, he saw his dreams and did the race All it took was a bit of faith Gotta thank God for this one, gave me heart and wisdom Help me dodge the grave, help me dodge the grave
justice system. So many homies in the cage, I watch for all of it. Too many homies in the cage, I watch for all of it. I'm thankful for my fans, these rappers, you changed my life. I'm thankful for my team for keeping a nigga right. Thankful for the promoters, I open up on the mic. Now I'm saying for you three months back to back, I sell out every night. Labels used to look past me, now they trying to remake me. Grab a fat nigga out in the trenches and replace me. Trying to duplicate me, can't be. It's always been my dream. I always heard this voice in the back of my head sing. If I stay ready, I ain't gotta get ready. Ain't gotta get ready, cause I was already ready. I was standing by the corner stove begging. Now the nigga I used to be asking for a dollar front jealous. I never thought I'd fall out with my nigga in his hurt. We dreamed of this when we was stealing cars and snatching purses. My brother told me stop trying to save everybody. God wanted to bless me, but I had fuck niggas rhyming. But then they say, grind turn to shine. I grind it, and everything I ever did, I did it for the project. Some fraud money in my crowd All night flights on the slab with a rat Been rolling with a puncher for so long I caught a jail Sitting at the table with no money for the tail I was wishing for the stars, I'm a demon in the rave One day you gon' wake up with your dreams in your face And you gon' been undid everything they say you can't The only way they beat you, nigga, if you catch a case Like you pressure, young yeah, nigga. I'm proud of you. That's all I ever wanted. My people say they proud of me. Congratulations, young nigga. You did it. If nobody proud of you, I am. I'm ill. Congratulations, young nigga, you did it. Yeah. I already know, I already know I'd be great, you know what I'm saying?